Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Today I want to talk to you about a victorious outcome. A victorious outcome. We are going to look at the book of Psalms, chapter 19. It's kind of interesting. I didn't know that we were going to be using that scripture from 1 Corinthians 15. It's all about victory. And the last song that we sang today was the victor's crown. So God has a message apparently for you today. And that message is victory. And that message is a victorious outcome so that you do not be persuaded by your circumstances, by your situation right now, by your trouble, by your fears. Hallelujah. Because God has victory for you, a victorious outcome. Amen. So we're going to learn a few things from Psalm chapter 19 today. And as you're turning there, the Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker walked into a Chinese restaurant and they sat down to eat, and Luke was really, really having trouble with the chopsticks, making a mess, dropping his food everywhere, and finally Obi-Wan said, use the fork, Luke. <laughs> Psalms chapter 19, let's look at verse 7. <laughs> you want another one? Okay, I'm going to make up for that one, Okay. These two, these two bo- young boys were spending the night at their grandmother's house, and, and uh, they, uh, at bedtime, they both knelt down by the bed, and the youngest one started to pray, and he said at the top of his lungs, Lord, give me a new bicycle. Lord, give me a new Xbox. His older brother finally said, what are you doing? You don't have to talk so loud. God is not deaf. He said, I know, but Grandma is. (laughs) Verse 7, Psalm chapter 19. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise The simple. Thank God that verse is there. Making wise the Eric. Hallelujah. (laughs) Verse 8. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. And Lord, now we thank you for this great day. We thank you for the beauty of your word and what it does to us, through us, for us, in us, Father. We welcome your word now to take its root in our lives. That seed, we welcome the seed now. And we believe that that seed will produce the God kind of life in our lives, Lord. We want to live in the reality of your promises, the reality of your word, Lord. We're not here to just hear a sermon. We're here to live, Lord. We're here to hear from God and, Lord, to walk in the truth of your word. So I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ to be upon your people now. Thank you that your word is life to those who find it, and it is health to all of their flesh. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we all know for you and I what David describes as the word in the statutes, the commandment, the law. The uh, testimony, these are summed up to you and I as the word of God. Uh, We are children of promise. 
We're not children of bondage. So we're not under the law. That is the law of Moses, the old covenant law. He has established a better covenant, established on better promises. That's what the word says. So four things today that you can expect the word of God to produce in you this victorious outcome. I want you to think about these things today. I want you to look for them and believe for and expect their outcome in your own life. And these are, the word brings you back to where you belong. The word brings you back to where you belong. Number two, the word gives you better understanding. Number three, the word fills you with joy. And number four, the word helps you see what you can't see. Let's look at verse 7. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. I looked up this word converting in the Hebrew, and it literally means bring back home again. To bring back home again. There is something so comforting about this. It gives you and I a real sense of belonging. When I was a kid, my brother and I spent most of our time playing outside. This is one of our friends that did that much with us. We didn't go indoors much. If we weren't playing with cars and the dirt and going through the woods, we were riding our our bikes. And Dad had this rule, though. And the rule was, wherever we were on our bikes, that we had to stay within the proximity of his whistle. Now, my dad could whistle really loud. If you've ever, anybody ever heard my dad whistle? It's terrifying. (laughs) And and we could ride blocks and blocks away from the house and still hear his whistle. Um, So we were free to ride really a pretty good distance from the house. But his rule included that as soon as we heard that whistle, we were to immediately head back to the house. It didn't... It didn't matter how much fun we were having. It didn't matter what we were doing. Without hesitation, without reservation, without contemplation, we were to pedal our little bikes back home as quickly as we could. We didn't have the option of another choice at that moment because Dad had already made up our minds for us. Dad, as well as prior dealings with pain, was a good reminder that we need to get back as soon as we heard that whistle. You know, pain is a teacher that teaches some unforgettable lessons. There are a lot of things you forget, but you don't soon forget pain. And because my backside had endured immense hostility, it was not in my best interest to ever ignore my dad's command. So we were out riding bikes with a friend of ours named Dave, Dave Levesque. One day, Dave just lived down the road from us. And uh, so we were riding, and, and sure enough, we heard Dad's whistle. So me and my brother said, oh, we got to go home. There's the whistle. And Dave said, what whistle? I didn't hear anything. Well, that was okay, because Dave wasn't trained to that whistle. So he didn't know to be listening to it. And, and, and it, that whistle wasn't for him. That whistle was for us. He wasn't in our family. But we knew what it meant. That right was reserved for us sons. Understand this today, that because you belong to the Lord, he has the right as your Lord. He has the right as your father to lead you, to guide you, to instruct you, and to correct you with his word. And you have the right as his sons to follow his leading. 
There are many people out there living their lives as strangers to God. Their ears are not tuned to his voice, and they're not in the family. They don't have the right yet until they become children of God. Your relationship with God is so much better than mere obligation. Your relationship with God is greater than obedience. It's greater than responsibility. It's your right to go to where the word is bringing you. And the word is always going to bring you back to where you belong. You're not a slave. You're not an employee in the kingdom of God. You are children of God. The scripture says, but as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become the children of God. As many as those who would believe on his name. Our minds need to be brought back home on a, on a daily basis, renewed day by day by his summons to look into this perfect law of liberty called the word of God and know who we are and where we really belong. We belong to him. Hallelujah. The word brings you back to where you belong. Let's look at, at the second part of this verse. It says, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The word gives you better understanding. See, wisdom is the result of having the knowledge of the truth. There's a scripture over in Timothy that says, uh, Paul's talking about those who would, who would stray from truth and, and who would put rules and regulations on people. And one of the things he says, uh, and I'll, I'll just give you the, the verse and you can look it up, 2 Timothy 3, 7, he says, they're always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Always learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So wisdom is the reward you get for a lifetime of listening when you would have preferred to talk. Wisdom knows when to speak and wisdom knows when to be silent, and we all need to know both of those things. I was, um, when I was a student at Christ for the Nations, I had a job uh, where I worked at a uh, counseling center for Pastor Robert Tilton. And, uh, and I was a phone counselor, and we sat in these little cubicles and with our little headset, and people would call in, and the program, the, the ministry there was called Success in Life, and Brother Tilton would have his show called Success in Life, and while his TV show aired, we would be on the phones, and people would call in for prayer and to make donations to the ministry. And so when I was, th- when I was um, in training there, we were watching these training videos, and um, at, at the training, they handed me a folder, and in that folder was page after page after page of scriptures. And it, was, and it was laid out in such a way that it would give like a certain problem or a situation that someone might find themselves in, and then it would give scriptures that were relevant to that problem. Well, I worked there a year and a half or so, and I came to know a lot of scriptures during that time. Somebody would call in, and, and once I'd figure out what their situation was, maybe it was financial, I could just start spouting off scriptures to them. I had that thing down because I'd been over it over and over and over again. And I've, I learned a lot from that experience, and that is something that I put into my life that when, when people come to me and they, they, they have a certain issue, I always try to prescribe a scripture to them first thing because this is the wisdom of God. This is the real help. And I can philosophize with people all I want, but that doesn't really give answers. It might make them feel good for the moment, but the word will bring change. The word will bring true change. The word will empower you to live a different reality than what you're living. So in that wisdom, it's always good the wisdom of God says to declare his word. But then, but then there are times you've got to be silent. Yeah. 
And, and uh, something I learned from my dad when I first got in the ministry, he said, son, many times people just want to be heard. So if someone comes to you for counseling, don't try to just give them solutions. He said, most of the time, believers know the solution. Most of the time they know. They just need to be heard. In this particular instance, a woman came to see me for counseling when I was on staff at a church out in, in West Texas, and she came in, and she was kind of one of those regulars that came in for counseling and uh, dealt with many issues. And so um, I have to be honest with you, I wasn't particularly looking forward to the appointment. So she came in, and she sat down, and she was already crying. And as she begins to tell me and you know, vent her, her issues to me, I had the temptation to interrupt and offer a solution right here for this problem and for this problem. But I, I, could, I kept hearing my dad's words, just listen. Just sometimes all you need to do is just listen. So I just waited and waited. And man, she went on and on and on and cried. And I was just offering Kleenex after Kleenex as she cried. And she let me know all what's going on in her life. Almost an hour goes by. And then she did something amazing. She stands up and she says, wow, thank you, Pastor Eric. Wipes the tears away. Thank you, Pastor Eric. You really helped me today. <laughs> I really appreciate your time. And I stood up. I said, oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I'm here to help anytime. And I walked her out the door and she walked out with a smile on her face. I thought, I didn't say a word to her. Sometimes wisdom tells you to just be quiet and listen. It's the sure, see, the word is the sure thing in your life. It will counsel you, it will instruct you, instruct you, it will empower you with better understanding than all the education available in this world. It will guide you when to speak and act, as well as when to be still and to be silent. It removes the complexities of life. It dissipates confusion. It reveals God's knowledge to you because the word is sure. That's what this says. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Then you can be sure. God gives wisdom liberally to those who will simply ask in faith. Wisdom is always looking down the road. It's always looking in the future and helping guide your decisions for what you're coming into. Looking past many of the steps of where you are right now, many times to show you the final outcome. And wisdom will always take you to a victorious outcome. The future you will appreciate you receiving wisdom right now and acting on that wisdom. The word gives you better understanding. I love that. Verse 8, let's look at this. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. I, this phrase, I, I, I kept meditating on that itself. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. What is it that causes that response, that causes the heart to rejoice? The fact that the statutes of the Lord are right makes the heart rejoice. Hmm. You know, when your heart is glad, it's infectious to the rest of your whole body. It's infectious to your mind. Out of your heart flows the issues of, of life. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, a happy heart, a happy life. And there is no feeling like the feeling of joy. The word says the statutes of the Lord are right. Because the Bible instructs us that there are three things 
that are working against us on a regular basis. The world, the flesh, and the devil. And these three things will lie to you. A lot. They'll lie to you. And if you believe the lie, you'll find yourself disappointed. Because the benefits that they tend to offer at times only end up disastrous in the end. And they leave you heartbroken and troubled many times. But the word of God is always right. In other words, you can fully trust that what God says is true and will come to pass without fail. That's why you can rejoice. That's what, because God's word is true. It is sure. It is right. Romans 10, 11 says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Now, when Paul wrote that, he was actually quoting Isaiah chapter 28 in verse 16. And it says it a little bit different. It says, whoever believes on him will not act hastily. They will not act hastily. They won't jump the gun. They'll take the word of God to heart and not try to rush the, the, the issue, not try to rush to the end, rush to the final product, rush to the answered prayer, but knowing they're sure and rejoicing in the fact that when God says it, it's going to come to pass. It has to come to pass. Because the word is right, because God can always be trusted, you can simply rest in his promise, being fully assured with joy that what God has promised you you will see its outcome. And that outcome is victory. That outcome is always good. Joy is the continual anticipation of good. There was a time when Jesus sent out his disciples to do ministry, and he wanted them to know that they could do what he did. And he told them to go cleanse the lepers, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, and guess what? They did. They found out they could do exactly what Jesus did. And they came back and they were giving all these testimonies to Jesus. And he said, they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. He said, hey, don't, don't get joyful about that. That's a temporary thing. You guys need to set your joy, fix it on the eternal thing. The fact that your names are written in heaven. So that no matter what experiences you have on earth, that cannot rob you of your joy. Because your joy is not in situations. Your joy is in your place in heaven. Hallelujah. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Then you'll live your life on earth with a continual anticipation of good. I was with a friend of mine um, one time. We were just going to go grab a bite to eat. And I passed by. We were actually in the middle of town. And there were these, this man and woman. And they were hitchhiking. Uh, and I said, hey, let's pick them up. He's like, no, I'm hungry. I want to go eat. I said, come on, man. It'll be an adventure. So I was driving a pickup at the time, and so I invited them to get in the back of the pickup. And so they, they said, I said, where are you going? They said, well, we're trying to make it down to South Texas. I said, well, I can take you to the south part of town, to the city limits, and drop you off there. And they said, great, thank you. We're really tired. We've been walking a long time. So they got in, in the truck, and I noticed that these two were people who had made choices in life that were really harsh on their bodies and on their souls. Not only did they, did they physically look warm, but you could just see it in their eyes that they were carrying heavy weights, heavy burdens. We got to the outskirts of, of town, and, and I pulled over on the side of the highway there, and I got out of the truck, and, I, and um, they got out of the back, and I just stood there and talked to them for a moment on the side of the road, and I told them about the love of God and just took a minute to share Jesus with them. And I told them, I said, you know what? If you'll, if you'll look to God, 
you'll find that he will provide for you every time. He will not fail you. He is your provider, and he wants to be there for you if you'll look to him. And they said, I said, can I pray for you right here? And they said, sure. So we, we just gathered there, and we all held hands right there on the side of the road. And I just prayed. I said, Lord, I ask you to provide a ride for these two to get to where they need to go. Show them, Lord, that you're interested in them. Show them, Lord, that you're looking out for them. And as I'm finishing this prayer, a car pulls up right behind us on the side of the road. They weren't, they weren't even asking for a ride. They hadn't even started hitchhiking yet, and this car pulls over and invited them to get in and take them further down the road. And this woman looked at me astonished, and tears started running down her cheeks. She said, he really does provide, doesn't he? I said, yes, he does, and he always will. And I saw her filled with joy suddenly in just that moment, seeing the result of the word of God coming to pass in her life. See, God is faithful to you. Even when we are faithless, the scripture says, he remains faithful. Think about those times that he proved himself to you, how he healed you, how he helped you, how he helped you break through, how he provided for you, how he spoke to you through someone, maybe just in passing, they said the right kind of thing, and you knew that God was talking to you. Amen. And then you can rejoice and be glad right now, even in your heartache, even in your trouble, because though things may be going wrong, you can be rest assured he is always right. The word fills you with joy because the word is always right. Lastly, I want us to look at the latter part of verse 8. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. In other words, the word helps you see what you can't see. Paul prayed that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. Why is this so important? Because there's something else we need to see besides what we already see, you see. If there's more to see, then there's more to experience. There's more to know. The Word of God is the way that you and I see what we can't see. It's the enlightening of the eyes. And the scripture says that faith comes this way by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So when you hear the Word of God, Something happens. The lights come on. And you see things that you never otherwise would have known were there. Like, how many of you are sports fans here? All right. So you sports fans here, and maybe you've listened to a football game on the radio. (laughs) What's that? Football's not the only sport. Well, uh, In my world, it almost is exclusively. But watching, okay, watching your favorite game or listening to your favorite sport on the radio, I need to include all. But it's far different than watching it on TV. Because, and I think many times it's, it's, it's more exciting because you're seeing it without actually seeing it. Uh, you're, you're, you're hearing the way the commentators are describing the game, describing the players, and describing their positions and what's going on. And you're using the power of your own imagination to observe the game that you can only hear. You're picturing it through what you're hearing about it. See, when the word enters your ears... 
Faith comes right along with it and therefore gives you the ability to see what you're hearing. God is with you every step of the way of your life. And he sees things as they are. He sees things that you do not see. And his word is what helps you see things as he sees them. It gives you that instruction, correction, that guidance, and encouragement to cause you to always triumph and always end up in victory. So you could decide to just look at things as they are and let life just tell your story as things happen to you. Or you can choose to look at what your physical eyes cannot see. It's an interesting thing when the scripture says, why we do not look at the things which we can see. Do not look at the things that you can see, but look at the things that you can't see. How am I I supposed to not look at the things I can see and look at the things I can't see? For we walk by faith, not by sight. The things that you can see, you see things as they, are, as, they are, as they are not with your own eyes, that's good on one level. But what can they do about the situation? What can your eyes do to change the situation? You need something bigger than that. You need something greater than that, something stronger than that. You need a, a different way to see it. You need the power to change what your eyes are observing. God's word shows you life as it should be. And faith in his word will empower you to change things as they are to things as they should be. It is the victory, our faith in God, that overcomes the world. It calls those things that be not as though they were. Why does it do that? Because things need to change. My family, you were not born to succumb to your circumstances. You were born to change them. And the word will help you see what you cannot see. The word brings you back to where you belong. The word gives you better understanding. The word fills you with joy. And the word helps you see what you cannot see. Choose to let God's word do that for you. What God designed it to do. And know that it will always, always, without fail, produce a victorious outcome. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for this time together with your family today. Thank you for the word, Lord, that has come to us. And now, Lord, we just let it soak in, Lord. We choose to let your word do what it does, Lord. Help us, Lord, to rely on your word more and more, to get more of it, to hear more of it, to declare more of it, God. Lord, we really can't get enough of it. We thank you, God, that it's always available to us. It is alive and it's powerful and it's relevant to our every situation. Open our eyes through your word. Help us see what we can't see. Lord, we trust that your word is right every time. And in that, we rejoice. I want to just do something for a moment. Let's just stand up for a moment. I don't know what you may be facing right now. You might be in some kind of situation where there's trouble where you need a breakthrough, where you need help. I want you by faith right now, because the word is right, because it's right, why don't you just lift your voice and thank him? 
Just offer up praise right now like you already have the victory. Offer up thanksgiving like God is true to his word. Because when you pray, he hears you. And if you know that he hears you, you know that you have what you've asked for. Hallelujah. God is on your side. And he offers his promises to you through Christ Jesus. And those promises are to you, yes, and amen. Hallelujah. This is not the final end. This is not your lot. The word of God is your end. The word of God is your reality. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, that because you've been faithful before, you have to be faithful again. Because you've helped us before, you will help again, Lord. You are true to your word. We put our trust in you. We believe your word today above what we are experiencing, seeing, or knowing even right now. We think that we have a higher knowledge, a better understanding, standing. We have wisdom from Almighty God. We have help from above. Thank you, Lord, right now for that supernatural intervention in our lives called the Word of God, that it will help us. It will empower us. It will strengthen us. It will heal us. It will deliver us. It will be our help right now, and in that we put our hope. Thank you, Lord. We have a hopeful expectation now. We will not be disappointed. We will not stay disgruntled, Lord. We will trust our God because hope in you is a hope that never disappoints. And I thank you, Lord, that you'll leave none of these here who believe on you ashamed. Thank you, Lord, for showing yourself strong on their behalf today. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for a victorious outcome. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.